Man, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver, all my real fans. Vancouver, what is up? This is Sippin' on a 40. I said Vancouver, you could be anywhere in the world to be a Canucks fan. Somehow that has happened through 50 years of no championships. Whatever, welcome to Sippin' on a 40. My name's Kyle Bound. shout out to SB Nation. And shout out to Nux Misconduct. Speaking of Nux Misconduct, go get the network. All right, wherever you listen to podcasts, you get three hockey shows with one swipe, one tap. I do not know how you do it. Just do it, get the network. Tonight, your Canucks, they beat the Blues. It was a tough game. I just said they beat the Blues. They beat the champions, man. They beat the champions. Holy. And I, I'm looking at the, the little game sheet over here after the game. Am I seeing this correct? Yo, stop the fucking music, dude. Stop the music. How How is Josh Levo the game's first star? Yes, I know he, he scored the shootout winner. How is how is that possible? Are you serious? You know this is the this is a story. Keep the music low, okay? This is a story for you. When I was in uh, sports broadcasting school for that semester or whatever, you know they they taught me how to write game summaries without going to the actual game, without watching the game. And I feel like that's what happened here. You know whoever whoever came up with the three stars tonight, they weren't even at the game. You know they called in sick, something happened, that role was missing, and they had to get it done. And the dude, or, the dude or gal who did it, they just looked at the damn game sheet, looked at who scored the shootout winner, looked, if, looked at if anyone, you know, got a shutout or got two goals. And we're like, fuck it. We don't see anything special here. Just, let's just give it to Levo. Incredible. Le- Levo, really? You're going to do that to Demko? All right, man. Let's just get back to regular pro. Are you serious? Josh Levo? Do better, NHL. Do better, Sportsnet. Josh Levo first star. Come on. Demko. Let's talk about him. You know, I know that. In the first two periods, he led in three goals. He also looked a little bit shaky with the rebound control. But overall, another impressive game for Demko. Real talk. Thatcher, he played solid. You want your goaltender to give you that chance to win to keep you in the game when your team's not playing good and the, and the guys in front of them there were there were spurts in that game where they were getting dominated where they were they looked like boys compared to champions real talk they did Thatcher didn't let it get to four he got them the point and looked solid in the shootout Demko needs to be good on this stretch I said it before I don't think Travis Green is set in stone with his little game plan of possibly giving, if he has a game plan, of possibly giving Demko 20-plus guaranteed starts. 25 starts, whatever the analytics tell you. He's going with the hot hand. And for the better part of a year, Jacob Markstrom has been really, really good. This is Travis Green's third year on the job. He He seems to have a lot of pride. He's going with the hot hand, and if Demko isn't good here, I'm seeing Markstrom get 60-plus starts. I really am. 
But that's not the case here. Markstrom, on personal leave, take a week, take a month, take seven months. Family first. He's out. Demko comes in and gets a team four points. Four points. Another big moment in the game. Michael Ferland, when the Canucks were down, one nothing in the second. He scored a bingo. His first bingo. Right in front of the net. It seemed to, it seemed to spark him just a bit. Now, he wasn't one of the better Canuck players tonight, but he was more noticeable. For some reason, that happens. That happens to these big power forwards, right? Anything can really spark them, but they need that something to be big. They need, to, they need it to be a big fight, a big hit, or a big goal. And they wake up just a little. And when they're in slumps, they're invisible. They're nowhere to be seen. Now, this game today, it was a little chippy. It felt like a playoff game. It really did. Every single goal seemed to be ugly. Nothing's good. Nothing is getting on the honor roll, okay? Nothing's getting in no top 10 of the night. No. It felt like a playoff game. Intense. And those are when you kind of need players like Ferland, right? I feel like the Benning Bros would say that. I feel like they would. Big goal from Michael Ferland. And after the Canucks went down two, uh, 3-1, the Blues just they bit back right away. If you went to the washroom after Ferland, Ferland tied it up and came back, let's say it was a you know a three-minute trip to the washroom, you had to take a shit, but you wanted to watch the game, so you made it quick, you'd, you'd still come back to a 3-1 hole. It was that quick. And then JT Miller makes it 3-2 just before, you know, just before the, the commercial break, right? The commercial break happens at that mark. I'm trying to get better at this whole hockey thing, okay? It's been a while since I've been back. I, I know that the commercials come at, what, 13, 9, and 5. It was a little bit of a scrambly play. JT Miller scores again right in the slot off a, off a rebound, off a Tyler Mott shot. T Tater Top Mott, man. He was, he was buzzing after the first. But JT Miller does it again, man. We spoke about the Benning Bros earlier. They're happy about this. They really are. JT Miller has four goals. I believe he has around six or seven points. And now you're seeing tweets. You're seeing little articles, little blog posts talking about how the trade was worth it. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not trading. If I'm the GM of a team that continues to finish at the bottom of the standings, I'm not trading my first round pick for a dude that has 13 goals. I'm not. I'm not taking that shot. I'm not taking that risk. Maybe my balls are smaller than Bennings. I don't know. At the time, I'm not doing it. And at the time, it was a bad trade. It's, it's very, you know, it's it's a first round pick for a 13 goal scorer on a team that needed to shed salary. They needed point. I'm still not making that trade. Anyways, the trade, the player looks good. Imagine this team without, without JT Miller. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, in the third period, things got a little fun. They, there's five on threes. Okay, the Canucks had one for two minutes. Two damn minutes. And I do believe they killed one in the second as well. Shit was about to go off the rails. Once again, Demko, baby, doing his thing. Anyways, in the third, the Canucks got a two-minute power play. Went to commercial break. They came back, and supposedly David Perron said something to the ref and got another two, so it became a five-on-three. What do you have to say for that to happen? I mean, they probably hear the F word. Why am I saying the F word? They probably hear fuck all the time. You fucking idiot. You fucking dumbass. What the fuck are you doing? And, and they get away with it. So what do you have to do to get your team in that hole? Like, what do you have to say? 
It's not even safe for this show. The power play looked bad, though. The five-on-three power play looked so bad. And Pedersen was on for the duration. And the penalty almost came to uh, came to an end before Pedersen drove to, not, didn't drive to the net. The puck came up front, and he made a dirty-ass move around Bennington. He tried jamming it in, and Horvat scored. Now, before, before that play, they had... Dude, they, could, they couldn't get the puck in. Everyone was trying to dangle. And you could see it. You could see that guys like Pedersen and guys like Bezer, they're, they're a bit frustrated. They're picking up points because that's what good players do. That's what good players do. Let's be real. Kobe had bad games. He's still putting up 25. Mahomes is going to have bad games. He's still going to throw for like 350. Good players find a way to get points. Pedersen... A lot of turnovers, a lot of frustration on the ice. But that fire, it's that will. That's the will that, that supplied that goal. It's the will that's drawing penalties. It's the will that's having... He, he doesn't. You, you can see Patterson, the way he plays, he's doing anything for a victory. He even had those big shot blocks in overtime. Look, the frustration's there. He's still getting points. He's still showing that fire. And he's doing whatever it takes to win. A phenomenal player. Truly talented. You can't teach the fire, though. Good players find a way to get points. The thing with that, though, these good players like Pedersen and Bezier, you think they like scoring rebound goals? No, they don't. They don't like scoring rebound goals. They don't like getting garbage points. They want to talk about... They want to talk about going bar down, okay, baby? All right, they want to be at the club after or the bar and just be like, yo, <laughs> you see that goal I scored today? Bar down. That's practice, baby. You see that pass? All sauce, baby. They don't want to talk about no damn rebound goal. Yes, scoring goals, getting points. That's fun. A lot of fun. But it's still not the same as scoring a, a fucking beautiful goal. Something, like I said, that gets on the honor roll. A ton of ugly goals today. We'll take it. But we know. We know that Pedersen hasn't been Pedersen yet. And the same thing with Brock. Same thing with Brock. Brock did look... He did look good in the first, getting some shots away. I, I, I compare him to Phil Kessel. So whenever he has scoring chances, multiple in a game, I think that's a good game. He showed compete. The whole team showed compete. Like I said, they came back from 3-1. Game went to a shootout after a couple shifts in overtime involving the three, you know, Hughes, Badger, and Pedersen. Didn't get much done. Game went to a shootout. Josh Lebo wins it. And he becomes your first star. There's a moment in that... Uh, there was a moment in that five-on-three where I think Josh Lebo was on. It wasn't even a moment. He was on for the duration as well. He played as, he played as long as Pedersen did on that five-on-three. He's your first star. Give it to Demko. That's a disgrace. Change that sports. Now, what are you doing? You're trying, to, you're trying to show off the game, show off the young talent. I know it's a hard game to pick a first star, but it's... <laughs> Josh Lebo, really? Do better do better now after the break we're going to talk about the calder trophy from last year the votes who should have won i'm going to bring it up again the blues commentators did that darren pang couldn't shut up about it so we got to talk about it but first like always before the commercial i want you to learn more about tim schaller fuck is that guy tim schaller used to play for the rochester americans
right, we are back on sipping on a 40. Shout out to Nux Misconduct. Shout out to SP Nation. My name's Kyle Ballin. Go get the network. Once again, the Blues, they lost to your Canucks in a shootout. They blew a 3-1 lead in, in, a, in a tough game. A good road win for the Canucks. That's gutsy. Young team going down 3-1. Again, you kill a big you kill a big five on three in the second. Demko looked good. Tanev looked good. Tanev's having fun again. He's good again. He's smiling. He's got a greasy smile, but he's smiling. The Canucks, gutsy win. Now, during that gutsy win, I was I was watching the Blues broadcast. Darren Pang. He brought up the Calder Trophy from last year. Pedersen versus Bennington. And it got me thinking. I mean, I don't know where this little ramble is going to go. It might piss off people, but it had me thinking. Okay, so Darren Pang, he brought up the following stat. Listen to it. Listen to it carefully. And then we'll have a little debate. Look at the look at the uh, votes. 1,650 first place votes for Elias Pedersen. 1,072 as you combine the votes that they got. And that's what resulted in Pedersen finishing one and Binnington finishing two. I would suggest that Binnington's last three months were far more valuable than the last part of it on a non-playoff team for Pedersen. But of course, he did play more games. And I'm sure that came into play as well. And a couple of five-point games for Pedersen. Yeah. Okay, okay. So he brought it up. And I had to, to look into the stats, okay? And I, I just want to... I want to say something. I do think... I do think there's an argument here. I really do. For Bennington winning the Calder. All right, now put yourself in the Bennington fan club shoes if you want. Okay, just do it. Imagine if you had a rookie goal that came in. And fuck the age, okay? Imagine you had a rookie goalie who came in when your team was last and went 24-5-1 down the stretch. Now, I know playoffs don't matter, but that was some magic, okay? You could have put some of that into consideration. Regardless, 24-5-1 for your rookie goaltender down the stretch when your team is last is magical in the NHL, okay? Now, now I know. I know he's, what, six years older than Pedersen? Still a rookie. Say what you want. It's in the rules. And imagine that guy lost... To a player who put up 66 points in 76 games. That's why there's an argument. We're not talking about a, a Calder Trophy winner who had 90 points. Who scored 40 goals over a point per game. We're talking about 66 points in 76 games against a rookie goaltender on a last place team going 24-5-1. Leading them to the playoffs and the rest is history. Now, Pang, at the end of it, he did mention how the games were different for the Blues down the stretch. They were more, they were more valuable. And I know it's not the most valuable rookie. It's the best rookie. Those games did kind of mean something. They meant more. 24-5-1 against 66 and 76. Pedersen, great year. Phenomenal. Incredible player. I've said it. I've said it, Phenom. I've said he's the most complete player on this roster with Horvat on it. He does everything. He may go down as the best Canuck of all time. I would argue that he's 
he's already what in the top three uh, on most exciting of most exciting Canuck players of all time. He's that good, and he's got the fire. He's got everything you want in a number one center, in a leader, in your best player. But twenty four five and one against sixty six points in seventy six games. That is why there's an argument. Canuck fans, you know, I get it. We don't win a lot. No championships. You got to grab every trophy. But hey, man, I'm just saying. There's an argument to be made there. And it was, you know, I saw the voting. I don't get how that shit works. I, I saw numbers like 1,600 and 1,000. Fuck is that? Make the number smaller. I don't know how it really works. Is that a close, is that a close bout? Maybe you guys think I'm overreacting. The Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year, you can only win that once. There has to be some value on that. Why is this going so negative, man? The Canucks, the Canucks won, man. They beat the Blues. They beat Bennington. Pedersen made a dope move around Bennington. Horvat got that. He got that damn goal right in the crease because of Pedersen and what he did against the second place finalist of the Calder last year. Come on, man. Keep it positive. Hey, did you know that your Canucks, they got the number one PK in the league, yo? Oh, shit. No way. Is that your team? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's do the read. And further details of this continuing story. All right. This is our version of the read. Sipping on a 40s version of it. We took the title from the podcast, The Read, by the Loudspeaker Network. Super entertaining, super educational, super pr- provoking. Makes you think a lot. And I said entertaining, right? That shit's, that shit's pure comedy. Listen to it. Our version, though, it reads, uh, it reads from a book. 100 Things Canucks Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. Written by Thomas Drance and Mike Halford. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't read this today. I'm just going to pull up to a random page. We've been kind of going all over the place with this. It's how, you, it's how you read this book. No chapters, just parts and things. And this thing is called the Miracle Run. It's thing 29. The 1982 Cup Finals run is remembered as an improbable event. A Cinderella run by a scrappy group of underdogs. Should we have been in the Stanley Cup Final? Then Canuck scout Mike Penny asked, maybe not. We lucked out. We found a way to get there. Now on this segment, we only read a paragraph or two. I'm just going to stop at one. I, I want to get out of here. I got to get this episode out. This is this is an interesting book. It really it really paints it paints such a such an obvious story about a about a team that's that's mediocre. That a hit that a, the history is mediocre and it does such a good job at at making it easy to easy to read yet yet sad. Every Canuck fan should get it though. You got to embrace who you are, right? The city of Vancouver, everyone should have a, a copy of this book. That's it, though. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. Thanks again for listening to Sippin' on a 40. Shout out to SB Nation. Shout out to Nux Misconduct. Now, this program, it comes at you after every, yes, every Canuck game. Wow. Fascinating. Magical. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good night. I do not know when you're listening to this, but peace. But P, just say peace.